So what we were up to talking about right now was in terms of the, the concept of what, what, is, what does it mean to bring a carbon? And we are on page 188. Okay, so we were talking about the concept of, uh, I guess we're a little bit further than that, but let's start again from uh, 188, number five. When we say that God accepts the sacrifices, it does not mean that God derives benefit from the consumption of the sacrifice. Rather, it is an analogy, and it really means that God is honoring the people by dwelling in their midst. God is elevated and exalted above any physical pleasures, such as food or drink, and the food of the sacrifices is therefore for the people's spiritual benefit. This is analogous to the human digestive system. Food is first digested in the stomach, then the digested product is further purified by the liver. This product is then further purified by the heart. The final refined product provides sustenance for man's spirit, which in turn sustains the rest of the body. The food then sustains the heart, the spirit, and the brain, all the digestive organs, and the rest of the body's organs by nourishing the spirit, which travels to all these body parts by way of arteries, nerves, and sinews. Similarly, the sacrifices allow the divine presence to reside within the Jewish nation, which in turn provides sustenance to the nation. In the final analysis, the objective of the body's operation is to become a fit repository for the leadership of the speaking soul. The soul is an ethereal entity, somewhat like angels in nature, about which it says their dwelling is not with flesh. Nevertheless, this ethereal soul does reside within the flesh and is sustained by earthly food. And we say that the soul resides within the body, though we mean that it rules and operates the body, not that it takes up space within the body. Okay. This is a very important point, right? You know, I told you guys the story probably multiple times. I was one time asked by some folks who were not religious, one of whom claimed to be an atheist. I, I always think it's suspect when people say they're an atheist. Are they really an atheist? They're really agnostic most of the time. But he claimed to be an atheist, and he was a very avid listener of Sam Harris's podcast. And he said to me, you know, Sam Harris pointed out as a, as a neuropsychologist or neuroscientist that, you know, you can't find the soul anywhere in, in an fMRI, right? So, of course, the answer is that, that you're not looking in the right places. So, of course, you're not going to find the soul. And even when we say in Judaism that the body is the repository of the soul, we don't mean it in the sense that, let's say, uh, a bottle is the repository of the wine that is within it, right? Those are, both, those are both physical objects. So what we mean by repository is actually that it has the concept or the ability to rule over the body. It does not derive any pleasure from the food ingested in the body as it is elevated above the physical. The divine soul will only join with the human spirit. In turn, the human spirit will only join with the warm universal life force. Okay, so what we're getting into over here is the different parts of the soul, right? So when we say the word soul, we can refer to different elements. And depending on how you want to categorize it, the soul can have as many as five different parts to it, right? The, the idea of being alive in any way, shape, or form, that already requires some sense of a soul, right? But then as you get into the concept of, of growth and not just being alive, but to actually grow and move, right? Then you're talking about a little bit of a different concept or a higher level of, of animation, higher level of sentience on some level. And then you talk about an, another higher level up where there's a, a level of conscious thought, even if it's not, even if it's instinctual, but it's conscious thought nonetheless, as opposed to let's say a plant, right? Plants don't have conscious thought, right? But they are alive to some extent. You talk about animals, they're another level up. And then past conscious thought, you have humans. And so with you humans add to the table, of course, is free will. 
that the human spirit will only join. Is, mm-hmm. is so nefesh or neshama or both? They're different references, right? So nefesh is a is um, a part of the neshama. Neshama is the whole thing typically, and the nefesh will be one of the parts of the of the soul. So the human spirit will only join with the warm universal life force. The link between the life force and body can take place only if there is a place in the body where the two can be connected, just like the connection between a flame and its wick. Now, before we go any further, let's just read this, this note on the bottom. It's an important note. So he points out that, that the human soul is viewed as a composite of three different components, namely the divine soul, the neshama, the human spirit, the nefesh, and the universal life force, ruach. The divine soul is the most ethereal and can connect to the body only by way of the spiritual chain. The divine soul connects to the human spirit, the human spirit connects to the universal life force, and the universal life force connects with the conduit within the body, the heart, okay? So when we talk about the soul, we talk about many different elements of the soul, right? The soul in English really does not encompass the entirety of what it really is. There, there's a part of us that we call the chelak elokaimimal, a portion of Hashem from on high, high. And there's a part of the soul that is not even part of our body, so to speak. Right? Once again, these words are, are almost meaningless. Right? We're going to use words that that I've, I've heard used to describe this, right? There's a part of the soul that is almost attached to Hashem and can never be sullied and is completely high and completely elevated above everything. And then when we talk about is other elements of the soul that are on a lower level and are slowly different gradations are actually in, in this world and actually to some extent connected to our physical body. The Wiccan our analogy is the heart. The heart relies on the blood flowing through it and blood is produced by the digestive organs. That is why there is a need for the stomach, the liver, and all of their respective attending organs. The heart likewise requires the respiratory organs, the lungs, trachea, nose, diaphragm, and muscles that cause the chest to move and control one's breathing. Breathing controls the temperature of the heart by the inhalation of cool air and exhalation of warm air. It is also necessary to dispose of excess ingested foods using the organs which expel the food from the stomach and intestines into the bowels and bladder. We've just delineated all the major inner organs of the body. Now. We don't need to get into the specific scientific understanding that he's dealing with. It's unclear if he actually means uh, on an actual scientific level, but even if he were to mean a scientific level, I don't think that that's necessarily important to us to try to make this, you know, um, jive with our modern understanding, which is in all honesty probably correct in his understanding. But the basic concept that we that we can speak of that he is speaking of based on tradition is this concept of how the heart is where the life force is, and the heart certainly is what the, the blood relies on, which is the life force, as it says in the Torah, right? The, the, the dam, the blood, is where the, the soul of the animal resides, which is why we're prohibited from eating the blood of the animal, right? So that is certainly true. And what he's pointing out is that the connection of the soul as it gets down from layers of, of, of higher, higher elevation up in heaven, as it gets closer to humans, the, the place in which it connects the physical body is in the heart. Okay. So we'll continue tomorrow night, Bezra Sashem, at 7 o'clock with, uh, with, night, with uh, number 9. And we'll go through, uh, as we continue uh, understanding what this means that the soul is connected and how the, how the karbanot, how the offerings will end up connecting us with Hashem. Yeah. Real quick, the, the anatomy of the soul that we just read, what's the source of that? Is that in the Talmud? Is it from, what is that? That's Kabbalah. Okay. okay.
you know, so so it's interesting. The in 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 traditionally and going back to Rishonim already, what we say is if people are aware of the truth, right, which we call a chachmasa ms, right, the wisdom of the truth or the true wisdom, and what that actually is a reference to is Kabbalah. Right? So Kabbalah is not it is esoteric, that's true, but it's also the truest wisdom that we have because it is a, a direct link straight back to, to, you know, really probably assuming Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who teaches Kabbalah, teaches the system of how the world works. And then it's been filtered down through the generations until it reaches us. And that's called the Chachmas HaEmes, the true wisdom, okay? So yeah, that's what I would say. I would say, like, how could you possibly know what the different parts of the soul are, right? There's not gonna be any empirical studies done on it. There's not gonna be any observations done on it. So we're talking about is Kabbalah, something that has been accepted and filtered down through the generations. Okay, take care guys, be well.